You're listening to Crystal and Emily on Love Your Shelf, the best librarian podcast in the extensive and highly competitive field of librarian podcasts. Hello. Hello. Well, here we are. We're not super, super late with this episode. Just a few days. Just a few days. Uh, But it's episode four, season four, (laughs) of Love Your Shelf. And I have, actually I have quite a few book recommendations this time. And almost all of them, or maybe every single one of them, is good. (gasps) Yay! Didn't know how that sentence was going to (laughs) end, so that's great. (laughs) Yeah, last time was maybe not so great, but... (laughs) This one, very good. It's still entertaining for everyone else to hear about I hope. the bad stuff. So. I hope. Things to avoid. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to jump right in because some of these are actually, there's maybe a lot we could talk about. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, girl. Um, I mentioned last time that I had started a book by Gabrielle um, Zevin mm-hmm. called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Uh-huh. And? and? <laughs> which, uh, by the way, is from... Uh, a passage from Macbeth. Right. With the whole, like, sound and fury, that that's mm-hmm. from the same passage. And um, the book turned out to be really good. Mm-hmm. I was really good. impressed with it. Good. And it was, if just a little recap, mm-hmm. it's about these two childhood friends who, um, one of them is in the hospital and... Um, has you find out there's lots of um, flashbacks uh-huh. so it's actually so, sometimes those can be confusing sure but um, it covers a span of about 30 years but um, these kids are about 12 when they meet each other and one of them has been in a car accident and had his leg um, pretty much destroyed so he's has to have all these surgeries mm-hmm. and he's there a lot and and you know he's isolated and bored and so right right and meets this um, young girl, and she starts to visit him, and they become friends. And then st- something happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give anything away. They don't see each other again until they're in college. Cool. And then um, they join forces again in college, mm-hmm. and they start working on developing video games. And so I, I like it a lot because it's sort of when they're developing the games – it's kind of, they're pretty close to me in age, if mm-hmm. it was, you know, mm-hmm. in that age range. Maybe a little bit older. And so um, I was familiar with all of the oh, games that they cool. referenced. Yeah. And um, I really love, like, um, the philosophy of, of that kind of, like, game structure and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's all about that. And it's about um, that these games that they create are also very cool and very... Um, I don't know, highbrow, more of a highbrow type uh, game than what okay. maybe, you know, people consider video games. It's not Pong or something. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, the artistry that's involved in it, the storytelling mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it was very good. It was very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think some of the best things are often yes, sad yes, things. Yes, yes, yes. But it it was very, um, I don't know, uh, it grabbed me and, and held on, and I read it really quickly. Oh, and, that's good. Yeah, and I don't always get to do that. I usually, 
you know, pick things up and read a little bit and then sample a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But this one, I just went right through it. Nice. And it was very good. That's great. And um, in it, there is a lot of um, discussion, as I you know, mentioned about the philosophy and, and then the self mm-hmm. and the mind. And it's very rich in that way. And they reference, or she references, um, Douglas Hofstadter, mm-hmm. who wrote uh, Girdle Escher Bach, which is a classic... Um, book from, I want to probably say in the 70s, I think is when it was published, um, about the systems that connect everything, essentially. And so that it's like, it's basically, it's a math, it's a book about math, basically, (laughs) which if I'm saying that it's good, then it tells you a lot because that means that it's more about um, ideas i think yeah than, yeah than math and it's more it's it's a cognitive science and right and uh he also wrote a book called the mind's eye fantasies and reflections uh, on self and soul and so it's um he he's concerned with um like your consciousness mm-hmm. and your understanding of yourself and mm-hmm. and uh there's another book called the i i am a strange loop and all of those I would highly recommend if people haven't read them before. Cool, but yeah. A lot of people have, um, but it's um, <laughs> trippy. We'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weighty. It makes you think about your understanding of how not only how how you conceive of you as yourself, yeah. but how you perceive the world. And um, sounds healthy to me. Symbolic stuff. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's healthy stuff to think about. Yeah, and it sounds heavy, but it's he's he's a great writer and and it's there's some playfulness to it and so it's not just like a, a tome that you have to yeah, lug around right. and and slog through, but they're all very um intriguing and yeah. and drawing. Well, and I don't know, I always feel sort of um I don't know, free when you I don't know, discovering new ideas about Self, world, others. Um, I know that is such a vague <laughs> statement. Well, all of those things are, but, but that's kind of what it's about. It's yeah. about it's, it's about big things. It's yeah. not about minutia. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's definitely about the the crux of yeah. things. You know, I don't know. That's thinking about those things is like work that I don't mind. I don't mind putting in. You know, right, right. And he knows everything about everything, and so he draws <laughs> from. From math, mm-hmm. art, mm. music—that's what the—that's what the that's what the, uh, yeah. the first one is about. How all of those things um, connect together. Yeah, and so yeah, so that book, mm-hmm. the Gabrielle Zevin book, led me to revisiting mm-hmm. these others, and cool. So yeah, so Neat. highly recommend it. And then another book that I picked up, um, but put down in favor of those, mm-hmm. although it's still good. Uh, it's called A Thousand Steps, and it's by T. Jefferson Parker. And it's um, a mystery mm-hmm. uh, set in California in 1968. And so it's like hippies, burnouts, mm-hmm. uh, surfers, mm-hmm. all you know, all that kind of thing. And it's about these missing girls. Mm-hmm. And um, it's told from the perspective of one of the girl's younger brothers, who's... He's a young teenager on his own who um, 
is, you know, like, delivers newspapers on his bicycle. Okay. But he's got kind of, like, a single mom who's kind of not in, like, she's kind of disengaged. Mm -hmm. And so when his sister goes missing, he's the only one who's, like, really looking for her. Mm -hmm. And so it's, describing that, it sounds almost like a, a YA book, but it's not. Yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's definitely, you know, um, rougher. Okay. And there's a, there's the seediness <clears throat> and, you know, all of this, like, on the surface, these people who live these lives of, like, rock and roll mm-hmm. and drugs and all this kind of stuff, it seems, or could seem more glamorous. But mm-hmm. he's looking at it from this perspective of this kid who has not engaged in that at right, all. Right, right, okay. And he just sees how it's, you know worked against his mother and how his sister's kind sure. of following that path and and uh, I haven't finished it yet I'm probably halfway through okay but it really captures that era captures the location um and it's you know very gritty and mm. it's good cool yeah. yeah and then I'm listening to uh, and I this one it's funny because it's called a carnival of snackery uh-huh. <laughs> and I do I want to go. Exactly. <laughs> this is my favorite kind of carnival. Um, but it, I do kind of, like, take parts of it as, like, little snacks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because it's uh, David Sedaris, who oh! is this the best. He's hilarious. American gem. Yes. yes. And it's his second volume of Diaries. So it's, like, Diaries 2003 to 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, he reads part of it and... Tracy Ullman reads part of it. No way, that's funny. Yeah, so part of the book, part of the entries are when he's in England, mm-hmm. and then he's also. I, that must be the the reason. I think that's why she, she's reading it uh-huh. in, the, in the British accent. But then she also does the characters, and, uh-huh. <laughs> and then of course he's got his own delivery, which is the best. Mm, wow. And uh, yes, exactly. And so. Um, uh, anytime anybody talks about David Sedaris, I always say, well, yes, that his book, uh, Me Talk Pretty One Day, was the very first audiobook that I ever listened to on cassette. Oh, was, I love it. Yeah, how long ago that was. And uh, a friend had you know, mm-hmm. given it to me, and I was like, books on tape? <laughs> my, my, you know, my great-grandmother has the Bible on tape, but, I, you know, like, who does that? You're right. You know? <laughs> now I'm like, I can't go anywhere without an audio Without book. having it going yeah, in my brain. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, you know, that was a turning point for me, I guess. I, I read Me Talk Pretty One Day in maybe high school or college, but within the last – I worked at the library, so it was within the last three years – I listened to Me Talk Pretty one day driving to San Marcos mm-hmm. and um, was, like, laughing out loud. Like, it's yes. it's just – he's just a – his sister, too, Amy Sedaris, is, like oh – I mean, their family's sense of humor is um, just so special. <laughs> unique is not a unique enough word I, exactly, for Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I know a lot of – know of a lot of unique comedians and people with unique senses of humor. Right. But, like, they're something, something they're special. They're yeah, set apart. Yeah. And, yeah, Amy Sedaris's books, too, which – See, I don't think I read anything of hers. I totally you should. You should. We've, we have some. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of them, there's, like, a visual – component. Oh, I love it. So anyway, yeah. But his stories about her are also I know. Fantastic. Like there's one in I think it's maybe in Me Talk Pretty one day and I cannot remember details but it's like her visiting him in their I don't know, younger days and mm-hmm. something like she would like dress up 
Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So she, at some point, acquired a fat suit. Yes, yes! (laughs) She goes home for the holidays to visit her family, (laughs) only wearing the bottom half of the fat suit. And so, <laughs> and so it's just about like he's it's talking so about funny. how her her the parents are trying hey, to Hey girl, con- <laughs> doing okay? Yes. She's like, Yeah. Uh-huh. What? What are you talking about? Oh, it's so funny. Who does that? And I say that yeah. with so much love. Exactly. Like that's hilarious. It, that is commitment mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. It's worth she it. might be exhausting to be around in real life. Maybe, maybe but. so. <laughs> there's a great scene like I love so many she plays so many like small parts just sort of cameos mm-hmm. on shows that I've seen and there's one on a show called Broad City where she plays like a realtor in New York City and she's showing these you know young 20 something girls these like awful apartments in New York <laughs> and she's like they're in this one that has like cement walls and she's demonstrating how like she's like yeah like you could be like screaming for your life and no one would hear you <laughs> see and she's just like ah and, like banging on the wall <laughs> like as if that's a perk it was a perk. <laughs> oh great anyway <laughs> she also has a great role in unbreakable kimmy schmidt oh my gosh wait hold on she plays one of the friends of the rich mom yes <laughs> oh my gosh and she also transforms herself. She really in does, yeah. But the whole the whole fat suit scenario. What's the, the funniest thing about it is her brother telling the story, uh-huh. but about like how how the parents are so oblivious yeah. that they don't they don't you know get immediately uh-huh. that she's yeah. doing this. Yeah, as a gut. <laughs> it's just very uh, well. Read it. Uh, That's what I said. Read Go it read now. Any, read all of his books and yeah. hers. Yep, yep. Now with hers, I will say, you do have to be on board for the she, the sheer insanity. Yeah, no, yeah. she's definitely quirkier. Yes, yeah, than he is, and yeah. like, and maybe he's kind more... of trying to. He's he's more of like commenting on yes the quirkiness of everybody around him yes. and, and himself yes and ju- but, and does it beautifully but yeah. she's like one of the she's quirky living ones it she's living like, the life right yeah <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh. and so then a little we'll turn a corner here okay um, the next book that I want to mention is Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown oh. um, I, Brene Brown is one of those that. She's great. She's smart. I like I like that she's like, you know, direct and she mm-hmm. knows what she's talking about. But she also gets painted with the brush of self self-help, sure. women's literature, sure. that kind of stuff, which I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. But um there is a little bit of of that going on. Yeah, when I don't I would say yeah, like that's so true. I think that her commentary is uh, I don't know, for all people, but she gets kind of painted into a corner. Yeah. And so this book, I feel like, a little bit embraces that. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and it's illustrated. It's a beautiful book. It's, like, oversized and illustrated. Mm-hmm. But it's um, basically she defines <clears throat> 87 different emotions mm-hmm. or human experiences. Mm-hmm. And then talks about the how to negotiate them. Hmm. And so, I mean, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like I personally, when it comes to that like kind of self help, she's yeah. I think something more that along what I would sure read. sure. But um, I still kind of go t- more towards fiction for that kind right. of thing for myself. Totally, yeah. Like, you know, like self reflection and like we were talking about yeah, earlier, totally. talking about you know the self and yes. all of this stuff. Um, fiction does that for me better than mm-hmm. than nonfiction. But she's still one of the, the sure, better ones out sure. there. And uh, she has also, you know, done the research. She's not just, you know, um, getting a ghostwriter to do yeah, it while she's, yeah. like, got her feet propped up. Well, and, like, I Oprah's feel like... Oprah's house. Yeah. The spilling lines to someone on her speakerphone. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. She... Well, and I like how I... And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just how I remember it. But it does feel like she was sort of one of the first people to sort of be shouting about empathy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I love that. And I feel like it... A part of... I don't know. Some of... Some of it could be that, like, since then, I feel like I've seen a lot of people spouting off about empathy which yeah. I agree with of course but it does maybe start to feel watered down mm-hmm. and so um I'm sure I don't know I'm sure it is kind of tough to uh keep that approach and still like be new and fresh and right I've not I've not read the book I need everyone <laughs> to know I'm this is all speculation yeah no I think you're right I mean I think it's you're trying to find a fresh way to look at something yeah yeah and uh, she definitely does that. And she has, you know, her diehard fans, which mm-hmm. and I fully understand, you know, she's knows like, what she's talking about. Yeah, no, because, like, when her uh, special came out on Netflix, like, I remember watching it, and I remember there were moments where, like you said, like, she's, um, she doesn't hold back, she's to the point, and I definitely appreciate that. I, like, there were moments where I was like, <laughs> Duh. Like, (laughs) why didn't I think about it that way or whatever? So, um, I appreciate that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to read it. I'll read the book. I I would definitely recommend it. And if anybody, you know, has liked her work in the past, this is, you know, a different kind of Mm -hmm. look and feel to it because of the the format, but. Cool. um, Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, Takes a new, new direction. And then the last. Two, I think, um, books that I will mention are both by Ian Reed, and he wrote. I'm thinking of ending things, mm-hmm. uh, which was then turned into a film. And this is one of we've I've talked about that one before mm-hmm. on the podcast. But um, that was a weird experience for me because I um, I read it, and then I don't know several years later there was a film mm-hmm. that came out and I didn't know anything about it, but I started watching it and it's, it's just basically about a couple that's driving down this like highway in the winter at night. And, uh, <gasps> I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, the, the, the most intense deja vu. Like I've seen, I've heard the story. I've read <laughs> this or seen this before. Uh-huh. Whatever. And it took me until the end of it to realize I did read this book. <laughs> and I don't so usually mean. do that. I do it kind of a lot. So. <laughs> but the thing was, is that I read that book, um, like, in a sitting. Yeah. Like, in bed, yeah. one night, yeah. until four in the morning or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And then 
for whatever Moved reason, it just, life. yeah. That's just what, like, I, that's how my brain works in a lot of ways, unfortunately. I'm like that about like certain things, but usually if I'm staying up until four in the morning to read a book, you'll I'll remember yeah, it the yeah. next day. If it know. was like, if it was riveting in, yeah. you know, in a and I think it was um, riveting in a way, but it's also, I think it too, because it is kind of about this, like just these two characters, sure. and then there's a couple of other characters mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of is more like on a small scale. Yeah. And the things that happen are much more subtle. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. Sure. If you have read the book or seen the movie, they're, they're, it gets pretty wild, but... It's, I don't know, just the scale of it, maybe. Interesting, yeah. But um, the, another book that he, I think, I think three or four years ago, wrote or published Faux. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm listening to this one, which I enjoy doing. And I whenever I do that, especially for something like this book, mm-hmm. I'm like, why do I not always have books <laughs> going in my brain? Uh-huh. You know, I just... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You just really like yeah. the person's voice yes. and the story or oh, whatever. Love just when really it all lines up. Yeah. yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, like I'm thinking of ending things, this one is also about a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a science fiction aspect to this one. And it's, uh, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's going to be. I've already figured that there's a twist, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be. Uh-huh. Um, but it's basically it's this couple. They live on this farm, um, and it you get some details. You know, a couple of chapters in that um, it's in like the near future, so mm-hmm. it's not now, okay, um, or some kind of alternative future. Okay, and uh, so they're living on the on this farm, just the two of them. At the very beginning, they say, you know, nobody ever visits out here. We're it's just Great. isolated. Who's going to visit? Exactly. <laughs> and the person that visits comes and says, um, the husband is on the list to be selected to travel to space. Oh. Not what you're expecting no. for this farm couple, you know. No. And then when from there. What's this list? Where did you get this list? Did he sign up for this? Guy this? And what, yeah. yeah. And so the, it's a first-person narrator of the husband. Yeah. And so you only get his, his. perspective and how he sees the reaction of his wife. Hmm. And then this guy who's like their only intermediary mm-hmm. to this, you know, space trip yeah. that is going on. Um, it's very good. Cool. And... Uh, yeah, I swear it's... that's going to happen to me in my actual life one day. <laughs> I've told Nick, like, yeah, he's about to be an engineer, very interested in space, and I've said, I don't ever want you to go to space. Yeah. We've all seen Apollo 13. You know We've what happens with the wives. We've all seen every other movie. Yeah. We live in Nacogdoches for the Challenger space shuttle. Yeah. The so, spouses don't fare well no, in any of those movies. Just, uh, I want you to follow every other dream in your life. <laughs> Kidding. Does he want to go? I don't space? think seriously. Okay. I don't think so. I think he'd like to be a person on the ground, maybe. But, well, that's different. Yeah. I, but I've, if that happens, if if we live in our quiet little peaceful farm and some man is like, "Hey, Nick's been selected, been selected. to go to space," I'm putting my foot down. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then it turns into a different kind of story. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, interest. That's really interesting, though. Yeah, but it's very. Um, it, it's mysterious in like an existential way because you yeah. don't know. It it's it leaves everything so open ended that mm-hmm. you you know you're like, is this guy real? Mm. Is this yeah. space a real thing? Is what's with why you know are they married? It's just everything is up to be. Cool. Yeah, yeah, everything is is up for grabs. Yeah, so it's that's a question. Cool. I like that. And so yeah, so it's. It's good. And so it kind of, this is the thread in his, in his work. Cool. And then, um, the last book is called We Spread. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and this one, I, I've always had a kind of attraction resistance to books like this. And this is all, again, mm-hmm. of this theme that we're kind of talking about today of, um, yourself and identity and your mind Mm -hmm. and so um in we spread there's um penny is Mm -hmm. an artist and she's older um she's been in the same home for decades Mm -hmm. she's surrounded by all the like her things and Mm -hmm. all of her things that remind her of other things Mm and um then she and she has a partner who's passed away years earlier and she's you know it starts out she's remembering them and okay um but then she gets taken to um a long-term care facility and at first she kind of blossoms and even though she'd kind of been losing her grip she starts to paint again you know and all of this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but then um she starts to have this like bad feelings of oh yeah of um just something that she doesn't trust or that's uncanny or you know um yeah so um i'm intrigued she doesn't know like she starts again she's it's kind of like these other stories it's like kind of anything's up for grabs why is she in this place what is it what you know yeah um, so it's, I, I do like that kind I of thing. I do too. A lot. Yeah. Surprise me. Although sometimes, I don't know, not sometimes, a lot of times it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. There's if, a lot of that. If somebody does it well, I, oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's tricky because mm-hmm. either you, you, you don't give a complete answer and you leave it a little bit right. blurry, and but sometimes that's not good. Uh-uh. Or you you have the wrong ending or you know you have yes you, you choose the wrong like solution. i'm always like, like i'm always like i swear if the answer is aliens i'm gonna be so mad because <laughs> i just feel like that's such a cop-out yes in oh, so I have, many stories i have said that i in fact i said that one time about um in like a seminar class in school <laughs> i was like if this is a ghost yes. i'm out of here yes <laughs> like, like it's like you it. want it to be I don't know. You want it to be able to be explained, but it still needs to be something fresh and exciting. And yeah. I don't know. And it's like uh, a lot. It's tricky. Most everything has been done. Mm-hmm. So give us something fresh and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's a it's a fine line. Well, after after this, you know, past week and like going forward, I'm 
bound to have my own self completely figured out. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, wrapped up. So yeah, I, just give me a few more episodes of this show. I'm going to tell you about. And we're going to and, ch- and we're going to change this podcast to just like everything you need to know by Crystal. Yeah, knows. Crystal knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> She's figured it out. <laughs> so. After all of this reading, mm-hmm. there's only been a couple of things that I've watched uh, yes. in the past week or so. And um, the first one, is, I've only seen an episode of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, let me say that <laughs> I wasn't super jazzed about it, mm-hmm. but I was curious because of the premise. And uh, it's got Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear. Oh. I think Mira Sorvino is the... Is, anyway, um, so Courtney Cox plays... Uh, it's called Shining Veil. Okay. So it's, it's on stars. Interesting. And, like, Veil is in, like, Veil... Hill and Veil or whatever. It's like... Okay, a, okay. Um, but she plays um, a woman who... They, she's got marital troubles, mm-hmm. and, and they move to this new place... And she's convinced that there's stuff going on, like, um, I don't want to say too much, because, you know, you want to get that, but um, she becomes convinced that there's somebody else there, you know, and it's kind of um, got some aspects of Secret Window, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where, you know, that's... Once again, we've got Is this unreliable narrator. Yes, yes. And, of course, we've been talking about all of these like yes. women in the window on the train yes. stories. And so got a little element of that. Yep. But, um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. I'm curious, huh? I, I am I've curious about it. it. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those that just kind of was mm-hmm. under the radar. And then another one, I was reading something else and it said... Uh, or some article that said this new Netflix series is um, has surpassed whatever the last big one was. Um, and was I it thought, Squid Games? No. Okay, because I was like, that was big. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, in fact, I don't know if we've talked about it. Um, it's the Reacher. It's the one that they were talking about. It'd be it, this one. Yeah, this one surpassed. has surpassed Reacher. Uh huh. Which I did watch. I never. Yeah. I we'll never come did. back to Reacher because okay. I, okay. I will talk about that, but. I haven't. I don't think we've mentioned it. Okay. Um, so there you go. I thought I had only seen a couple of things, but this was about a month ago that I watched. Rachel. Okay. Cool. But so on Netflix, Tony Collette, who I love, is in a new series that yes. just came out last end of last week called Pieces of Her. Okay. I haven't. Se- I don't even know what it's about. I just saw yeah. it advertised. Same thing, and apparently it's taken over number one or what? whatever. But it's based on a 2018 novel by Karen Slaughter, who's mm-hmm. super popular. Uh, writer and uh i will give you just the rundown of like what happens at the very beginning because again it's not going to spoil anything Mm -hmm. but it does get your attention and make you want to watch it yay and so um the it opens with uh tony collette is meeting with her daughter Mm -hmm. for lunch it's her daughter's birthday and she's turned 30 Mm -hmm. and at first i was like tony collette does not have a 30 year old daughter she could she could so, um, anyway, so they're having lunch, and they're kind of, the the daughter is um, unsatisfied with her life, you know, mm-hmm. like 30-something. Mm-hmm. Don't I this. know it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. And so her mom's trying to, like, 
tell her, you know, well, go back to school, go back to New York where you were living before. <laughs> stop it, Crystal, stop it. Do something. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> you can do so much more. Like, like, no, Mom, I mean, Crystal. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My mom's not exactly. pushing me in right. any weird direction. No, no, no. Love you, Jane. You're doing all of that <laughs> yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So his, you know, some parallels that you'll probably, uh, uh-huh. you could identify with, but all of us could identify with. But, um, so Tony Collette's, you had given her this advice and then this, um, mom and her daughter mm-hmm. come up and they're, you know, just like asinine talking mm-hmm. to them. She's like, oh, you know, so bored. And there'd been this, she kind of called attention to the fact that there's this weird guy staring at them. Cool. And he walks up and yells out to the daughter of the of the mom and daughter who had walked up to okay. Tony Collette and yeah. her daughter and pulls a gun out. <gasps> and he's a yeah, he's a uh, you know, uh, her boyfriend that oh, she broke up with. Right. Okay. Trauma ensues. Uh-huh. And Tony Collette's response to it is unique. And so there's no, there's, I mean, it's not like supernatural or anything. Yeah. It's just a, like a human response. But I've never seen anything quite like it, I think, because like if she's just so much focused on her daughter that she, um, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you the little, Please the little do, tale. Please do, because I'm on the edge of my seat. So her daughter mm-hmm. has, has a job as a dispatcher. So she's wearing like a uniform shirt. And so um, when the guy pulls the gun and he's shooting up the place and it's very visceral, like it's there in a, in a little, you know, tea room kind of like diner shop. And um, the daughter, Tony Collette's daughter, the dispatcher um, kind of stands up and is kind of backing away. And Tony Collette like climbs over the table and is like screaming, you know, like, Get down, get down, you know, and she like throws her body on her and holds her on down. On her daughter. On her daughter. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's a yeah. That is a mom who is yes. really like she is yes. in mom mode. And the guy turns their attention to her and he, and he says, um, he thinks that she's a cop, and he thinks that she's gonna be she's gonna shoot him. Tony Collette. That the daughter with the dispatcher oh, uniform okay. Okay. is a cop who's gonna. Shoot him. Yeah, suicide by cop himself. So he's oh done all of this, and he's gosh. like, get up, get up, you know, he's shoot like, Come me. on. Yeah. yeah. So Tony Collette stands up and says, you know, she's not a cop. She's, you know, she doesn't have a gun. She, she can't do anything to you. And so he starts getting unhinged and getting very upset, and she says, you know, shoot me instead. So he puts the gun on her, and... uh She's, you know, they kind of, kind of battling it out a little bit and she knocks the gun away. He pulls out a knife. God, no. Yes. Anyway. And she ends up prevailing. Oh I'll just leave gosh. it to that because everything else you kind of want to see what yeah. happens. But she prevails and then it just <laughs> starts a whole kind of. Wow. Yeah. Like what is up with her? And then her response to everything, her daughter can't understand 
Like what she's is going like, on with I've all not this? Seen you yeah, her mom like is this. like a speech pathologist. Yeah. She's mild mannered and never had any of the, anything, you know, huh. out of the ordinary. And so then their story kind of goes from there. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I've I've guess I've watched half of them. There, I think there's um, eight episodes, okay. and they're all out, but I've only watched the first four. Okay, cool. And um, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna yeah. if it's gonna end up satisfactorily, but it was one of those like I'm watching it by myself, beginning, yeah. And I was like, <gasps> you know, yes, <laughs> was, like actually yes. gasping, yes. like wow, okay. They get you. They they grab you on that first episode. Wow. So. I'm hoping that it that follows through. But yeah, me too. And Tony Collette is great. She and there's, is. Yeah, there's other good. The her the girl who plays her daughter, who I don't recall seeing anything in anything else. Is also good. So. That's great. Oh, neat. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And you know I love it when there's, um, when all the episodes come out all at once like yes. they do on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I got stuck watching The Gilded Age and I want to keep watching it, but I'm so annoyed week to week. Yeah. I've skipped the last one because I'm going to kind of save yeah. them up. No. Yeah. Like you guys have programmed us like this. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't take it back. Don't take it back. <laughs> but so speaking of another one that came out on Netflix uh-huh. that this one apparently has surpassed was Reacher. Yeah. And I have never been one to I'm not a fan of the books or just is that never Jack got into Reacher? them. Or, yeah, okay. Jack Reacher. Okay. And it I I did recall like back when they cast Tom Cruise as Reacher who's supposed to be 65 yeah. and enormous and like that's a big part of his character. Is what? Play, that's what he is. Tom Cruise is like Tom five Cruise six. Played it, yeah. And so I never watched any of those movies, um, and I've probably only read a couple of the books. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them, and a lot of people are big fans of it. It's just, yeah, yeah, you know, I know the yeah yeah know of it. And so I didn't have anything. I had no like I wasn't waiting to see the yeah. show. Just, yeah. Um, I saw somewhere, like kind of with this one, that, hey, everybody's loving doing, this show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> and you're like, I love it so Let's much. Let's see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it, it, it reminds, and I could never like pinpoint what it was reminding me of, but it reminds me of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those where like the character, kind of like um, many detective kind of shows or okay. books, where the character, even though the character is very specific and has all of these, you know, traits that are unlike mine or sure, yours, sure, they still are a stand-in for you, right? And okay. so I think that that is kind of that was the the kind of enjoyment that I got out of it because yeah. it's this huge guy. <laughs> he is actually a big, huge guy. Yeah, and um, he's he's. I also was like, he's unknown. Or he has, you know, hadn't done anything I'd seen him in. Yeah. And I was like, is he going to be able to do this? And yeah, he, he does a good job. Interesting, yeah. And then there were some other um, actors who I also had enjoyed in other, mm-hmm. like, television-type roles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he goes in and just, like, brute force <laughs> knocks people out. And you're just like, yeah! <laughs> that felt good! <laughs> Yes, because he's like he's a vigilante, but it's always he's always the right. He's on yeah, the side of the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. And so, yeah. I so need to I let off some steam, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, there's like it's a mystery, so it's oh, okay. you know, like See, I didn't there's. 
I think I was just kind of like, that's a lot of dude energy. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. And like the Tom Cruise version of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But this guy, like he doesn't, he's one of these, like he doesn't even speak in the first half of the (laughs) episode. He just, you know, he's not going to say anything. (laughs) No, he just doesn't say anything. And they don't even know if he can, like, they don't even know if he can speak because he just shows up in the small town. Yeah. And then he just starts, he says something sometime, and they're like, oh. Oh, you can. You yeah. just have to decide. <laughs> right. And so he's like, I'm trying, I'm not trying to get in any shenanigans, you know. Uh-huh. But, he, of course. But here I am, I guess. That's, his, that's what happens, yeah. <laughs> and if I'm going to get, get in, drawn into these shenanigans, then I'm going to come out on top. So. Yeah. Well, that, I want to check it out. I want yeah. to, yeah. We haven't, I feel like we haven't found anything new in a while. And but, in a while, by a while, I probably mean like a week, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, both of those pieces of her in this one, you know, both based on popular genre novels. Yeah. You That's kind of what you're getting from it, you know? Like, yeah. you're getting that, you know... I like that. Well, and it's, like... It's good. Like, uh, recently-ish, there was a new Harlan Coben Netflix... Oh, gosh, I can't think what it was called. The one before this I th- that I could remember that I watched was called Safe. Mm-hmm. And it was enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. Um, who's the guy who plays Dexter? Anthony, not Anthony, not Michael Anthony. Hall. Michael C. Hall. <laughs> Michael C. Hall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is in it uh, in Safe, and it was a really fun mystery. Mm-hmm. And this one, of course, I can't remember what it's called now. Did not prepare, but <laughs> it, was, it I was so excited for it. I was like, oh, great, a good, fun new mystery. It's a Harlan Coben, so I'm sure it's like, yeah, the, yeah, all the fun that you want from a mystery like that. And it was, it was all right. I don't know. It was just slow moving, and I don't know. Didn't yeah. Was it a movie or? A... It was a series. It okay. was maybe an eight part series, and we finished it. But I kind of, I don't know, kept waiting for it to get more exciting. And eh. well, that's what I'm. I'm a little bit, you know, feeling iffy about pieces of her because it. Halfway through, and you're like, okay. It started with the bang. There's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's layers on layers of mystery. And so it's like, how do y'all even keep track of this? Right. And, like, does that mean they're banking on a second season? Right. But but they still have a, you know, like, how much more can we unravel? Right. We seem to know a lot now, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it's never So they're kind of doing the, yeah. Yeah, well. Interesting. Yeah. But Curious. I have not read that book, so I don't know like what the yeah, well, any what the secret is. Yeah. Direction. I wonder what the book's like. Yeah. Good old Karen Slaughter. Mm-hmm. We know all of those writers get picked up as soon as they publish a new one here. Yeah. yeah. At the library, so. I had never heard of Karen Slaughter until I became a shelver here. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding? How many? How many do we need? <laughs> I know. Like, this is a lot. And also, <laughs> surely this is a pen name because what are the odds that this mystery writer is named Slaughter? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Lots of good ones in the, in the mystery it. genre. I love it. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Nice. And, um, yeah, so... A great week for me. Yeah, you know, girl. Good, good stuff to watch and good stuff to read and nice. listen to. And so I'm happy. Self reflection. Yeah. <laughs> so this next week, I'm going to be doing the opposite yeah, of that. No, just like <laughs> zone out, think of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have balance in your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye.